Welcome to Community Cocktails with Kimberly, hosted by Kimberly Woodard, a realtor who's been selling homes in North Texas with more than 21 years of experience. Join her every first and third Wednesday of the month as she meets with top community leaders, local businesses, and real estate industry experts to help you get to know the area you want to call home. Don't just love your home, love your community. And now your host, Kimberly Woodard. Welcome viewers to this episode of Community Cocktails with Kimberly. I am super, super excited about this episode. Not only is February marks Black History Month, but I have one of the legacy families of Plano here with me today. I have the Thomas Elementary family. <laughs> so, I, the reason I say Thomas Elementary is that if you're from Plano, you know this elementary school. Well, guess what? And you're always like, what's the family like that the um, school is named after? Well, you're going to find out today. And I have such a large group here. I'm super excited. This is my largest group. So I have um, family members in this um, audience that are going to participate. And we're going to learn all about this family and um, their mark on Plano. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So let's introduce everyone um, first, and then we'll get talking. So, mm -hmm. my name is Dolly Thomas. I am Ben Thomas's middle girl. Welcome. Mm -hmm. And I am James Thomas, and I am James Thomas's <laughs> oldest son. I, I need to go ahead and say his nickname is Duty Thomas. Yes, yes. Yeah, a lot of and most people do not is? know. And my nickname is well, we'll pass on my nickname. <laughs> My name is Tracy Williams Gooden, and my mother was Uncle Duty's and Uncle Ben's sister. Oh, yeah. yes. And then in our studio uh, audience, I am Tony Thomas, and I am the oldest daughter of Ben Thomas. My name is Ariel Thomas, and I am the baby girl mm -hmm. of Ben Thomas. Oh. And we also had a brother who was Mitchell Thomas, and he is the oldest, oldest. of the four of us. Yes. Wow. wow. My name is Sean Thomas. I am the wife of James Thomas III. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone. I'm so excited. So let's yeah. talk about the family and how the family made its roots and when they did in Plano. Well, I think that that is a great question for Duty since he's been around <laughs> since they made their roots in Plano. He can tell you from day one. All right, let's go. What was that wagon train like? Oh my gosh, we I would like, certainly like to defer this to Miss Tony Thomas because she has more information regarding and Tony, I will certainly add my input too. But I, I do know a little about growing up in Plano, but I would like for you to start us out if possible, please. And and I hate to defer, <laughs> but because you are the patriarch at this moment in time. That is right. And uh, at the beginning I would have to start in the middle. Okay. And and I I would I would think they would want to know from the beginning. Maybe it wasn't the wagon train, but you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, I, I do recall growing up in Plano and, and certainly the Thomas family, Jim and um, Willie. Mama Willie, mm -hmm. Willie Mae Thomas. How many kids did they have? 11, 11. kids. Wow. And of the 11 kids, 
our parents were were siblings of their kids. Okay. And so there were 11 of them, and um, we're all sibling, and I'm gathering there about three to four. We'd average three to four of us mm -hmm. in those families, and each one of us have had, we're averaging about three or four, and so it just goes on down. But bottom line is when we were, uh, and it's tough for my, my own kids to believe this, growing up in the city of Plano, which is so progressive, there was a time where I wasn't, my youngest son, I had to share with him, there was a time where I couldn't walk into a, a restaurant because of my ethnicity, because I was an African-American. And when, when uh, period, like what year was? In the, in the 60s. 60s. Certainly in the 50s, not even remote, not even yeah. the thought of doing that in the 50s. But in the, in the 60s, it became a little bit more liberal and, mm -hmm. and later on. But I, I remember Trevor, my youngest son, saying, well, Dad, after we play football here, we all go to Whataburger. Did you guys go to Whataburger? I said Whataburgers <laughs> hadn't been invented, nor McDonald's back in the 50s. But, and I just said, and we didn't meet like that because we just integrated in 66, 67. Right. Mm -hmm. So we never had an opportunity to even know a lot of those kids who didn't look like us. So it was a, it was a transition for us all. And we weren't able to go to or attend any of the um, the Caucasian, the white schools. Oh. We had our own school in the Douglas community. The Douglas Colored School. The yeah. Douglas Colored School. That was literally school. the name. Oh, that was Frederick Douglas Colored School. And I didn't get an opportunity to attend school with, with my white colleagues until I was eighth grade or ninth grade. Oh, wow. So it took a while before mm -hmm. I was able to do that. And I would see them periodically, but we didn't get a chance to, to participate in school with them until ninth grade. Mm -hmm. And um, historical facts have been brought out. And, and not one thing I'll just mention quickly and I'll, I'll move on, but when we did integrate, when I was eighth, ninth, 10th grade, that was um, the first year we integrated. If, if for those of you who ever saw the movie, Remember the Titans, we won our state football championship. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And that year was? It's 66, 65, 66, 67 okay. in there. In there. So, okay. Yeah. So I didn't play. I was a little bit younger. <laughs> um, I don't think my cousins here believe I, I didn't play because they think I'm that old, but I'm not. <laughs> would any of Dolly, Tony, Chase, any of y'all? I would just like to say with Diddy bringing that up, the most important fact about that growing up in Plano is that, you know, we were um, to a certain extent experienced some of the, you know, separation, but the real thing that we're a little bit proud of is that our fathers participated in bringing about desegregation in yes. Plano. Mm -hmm. And they worked with the council, they worked with the city uh, uh, professionals and the schools, and they were part of that committee mm -hmm. that helped bringing about because they wanted to bring back a very easy transition. Mm -hmm. And because they did come to them and put them on that committee, that helped bring about a better transition between not only the white, but also the blacks, because we were just as apprehensive as they were. Right. Correct. And uh, when we desegregated, I went into sixth grade, and um, I was I went into fourth grade. She oh. was in fourth grade. My baby sister, of course, wasn't. We didn't. She was yeah. baby. Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, but we had to yeah. go through this, you know, and they had to help 
prepare the installation of this or, you know, mm -hmm. so that was important to right. make them a part of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my dad, Ben, and Duty's dad, James, you know, they were part of this committee, working with the coaches, working with the teachers, working with the mayor. Working and, with the superintendent. Uh, yeah, yes. they worked with the city to make this a very easy, working with the 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 native Plainonians there mm -hmm. that uh you know lived there forever and trying to make it a in a seamless transition for us. And so you know, I think that's what's important about that historical time to us is that that transition on those on the paperwork and the 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 meetings, Thomas was in there mm -hmm. and involved in that. I think that uh, another thing that aided in that transition was our grandfather. Right. He really um I mean, he passed away, I think, when we were five or six, Ariel and I. And But I remember him vividly mm -hmm. because of the, you know, huge person he was. Right. And uh, But he knew people. He had already had those relationships. Right. So people knew him or the family. Mm -hmm. And I think that really... Um, allowed some trust mm -hmm. and um, and kind of helped to create a bridge. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. And he and my grandmother, yeah. I don't want to leave her out yeah. because uh, she definitely was the, um, exactly. yeah, yeah, she, was the, she yeah. was the push behind the man. Yeah. 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 Now, now, Daddy, uh, Daddy Jim, he had an eighth grade education, so he could read. Okay. So um, he also owned a, um, a janitorial service. He would um, clean up all of the places uh, in, in in old Plano. Uh -huh. And uh, he also was a, a boot black. He shined shoes. Um, and, and because he had that education, if someone got a letter in the mail in the community mm -hmm. and they didn't know what it said, they would go and they would talk to dad, my grandfather, daddy Jim, and he would in turn go and advocate for them. Right. So that was another way that he uh, became well known in the city of Plano. He knew the Harringtons, the Haggards, the all of those those families. He was also uh, the first African-American fireman. And of course, back then it was all volunteer. Yeah. Right. So he'd always volunteer as a fireman also. Wow. I am so wow. glad that, that Tony alluded to a uh, seamless transition. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so relevant because a lot of friends with whom I grew up, they who grew up in different cities, it wasn't seamless right. at all. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, during the, the tumultuous turmoil with races and all. But Plano, we were really, really blessed. And thank goodness for Daddy Jim, our grandfather, mm -hmm. because those people who knew him, they would always specify you 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 want to jump Thomas's kids grandkids right. mm -hmm. so theoretically when we could have gotten in a little trouble we we had a little leeway <laughs> they folks were a little bit more liberal with us yeah. because they knew we were Jim Thomas's grandkids or Jim Thomas's mm -hmm. kid and likewise duty I think we behaved better because we knew yeah, what that this meant is true. Yeah. and you know nobody wanted to you know tarnish tarnish the name right yeah and I think uh, daddy Jim and mama Willie also had an innate uh, ability to negotiate yes they were very good negotiators without it I mean you know they were just you know negotiators I mean they had to navigate and negotiate through a lot of uh, different um, things and I think that they did it in a way that was just uh, natural and made everybody feel like they were heard and mm -hmm. they, you know, um, 
I'm not sure of the word, but they were good negotiators. What an amazing yes. impression that this man and his wife, our grandparents, made on the city of Plano. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And several times he made a couple of depressions on, on the backside of some of <laughs> them. <laughs> One time he had the keys to every building in downtown, in downtown Plano. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, because he was in the chair. Because mm -hmm. he was, he, so he could go into the bank where no one could go into the right. bank, but my grandfather could go in because we cleaned the banks. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that context. As a black man during that time, that was important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the trust was, um, I mean, that was not a given. Yes. Yeah. Well, that I was, mean, it sounds like, you know, he was, he was trusted, and that was how his leadership role in, mm -hmm. you know, and in I tell Plano you, really flourished. One other thing about Daddy Jim was you could trust him, but he didn't take no miss. Right. Yeah. You know, that was just... He was very honest, very confident in who he was mm -hmm. as a man mm -hmm. and what he was as a man. And you ask anyone who knew him personally, mm -hmm. and they will tell you just that. Do you? I think, I think that that attitude there mm -hmm. is the reason our dad, mm -hmm. Ben Thomas mm -hmm. and James Thomas II, and Norma Faye Williams. Norma. <laughs> she was the one. They all had that same attitude. They knew who they were. Mm -hmm. They were very strong personalities. Mm -hmm. And not just the three of them, but the rest the of them rest too. Of mm -hmm. Aunt Peggy, Aunt Betty, mm -hmm. and on down the line. Those 11 kids. Yes, yeah. they knew who they were and they were very confident in, in how to approach issues and problems right. in a very diplomatic way. Um, I think it was Dolly that said that people would come to Daddy Jim for help. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened right. in, in our generation, yes, in Tracy and our generation, yeah. they would come to Daddy or they to my Daddy right. or they would come to Uncle Duty for help when they got in trouble, you know, with the law or with taxes or with whatever, a yeah. job. Mm -hmm. How do we do this? Who do we go for? Voting, who do we vote for? Mm -hmm. Tell us Daddy, why. Yeah. The Daddy and Uncle Duty became those people mm -hmm. that their dad taught them to be. Mm -hmm. And we are now those people right. in the community. And I love that because you guys are keeping the legacy going on and that's where and to bring to you is, let's talk about it. You guys are keeping the name of your family's legacy in so many ways. Um, let's talk about, you know, the African um, Museum for Plano. Well, we're, we're trying to uh, get that reopened and restarted because Plano does, it, as a matter of fact, North Texas right. has a great, uh, very interesting African-American history. There are some things that happened in um, like Sherman mm -hmm. and Frisco, when before right. it was really Frisco, that need, the story needs to be told. Yes. You know, and it's not so much about being woke or anything like that, but we need those stories so you can understand how your story came about. Right. You know, right. because it's not it's not saying good or bad, it's just history. It's history. It's and history. I think his, mm -hmm. that's the one thing I think mm -hmm. is so important is history is um, so important for all our generations yes. to know. They need to know what our ancestors went through. Mm -hmm. 
So then this is what you are benefiting from because what they fought for, what they went through and how their life, otherwise they just feel like, oh, this is how it's always been. Yeah. They don't know. And even some of the ugly stuff, you have to know where that ugliness came from so that you can avoid it. I, right. right. You can, do I repeat no, itself? No, right. <laughs> I want that to happen again. Right. And you should never shy away from it. You know, you got to take the good with the bad because sometimes the bad is what brings out the good. Right. right. Mm-hmm. No, I love that you're saying that because I think that's so true. Um, so many people want to hide, you know, want to mm-hmm. put it underneath the um, covers um, about the history or should. And that's not right. I mean, we need to, we need Mm -hmm. to let people know, let our kids know, let them learn. Um, It is, it's not all glorious and, you know, it's, they're going to be sad and they're going to keep asking questions why. And sometimes we don't have the right answer. I mean, I don't, you know, I know myself and my son um, asked the question about history. I don't have the right Mm -hmm. answer. You know, I don't, I, I go, well, I don't know. I don't know why that was that, why they did it there. But now we don't. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. But, but at least have a, a vehicle where you can find out right. that history. Right. That is, um, that's how the Plano African American Museum came about. One of the librarians um, mentioned to my daddy that I can't find any history in Plano. Yeah. It, can you tell me something? And he told her what went on in in the Douglas neighborhood mm-hmm. as far as it was a thriving place. It had businesses on those four streets. You had a hotel. You had a gas station, um, as Mama would call it, the dry goods store. Oh, wow. You know, the you cafe. had restaurants. You had the cafe. You had the blue <laughs> room. The blue room. You know, and, and <laughs> it was because we could not shop in town now we could work in town okay. but we couldn't shop in town so let's talk where was where was that so people are kind of you know listening to this in reference to plano where was the douglas community the douglas community is it's in uh, east plano to give you a point yeah, of um, a point of reference yeah. right the police station yes it's right um it is south, south, south of the police station and uh, uh north of plano parkway so only four streets avenue i h place mm-hmm. h avenue 13th g f yeah and the flats as an entity of that knowing where that police station is that uh that property was where our grandparents right. lived yeah, it's where our parents oh really lived. absolutely yeah. that oh, was wow. our property our grandma mm-hmm. daddy jim literally the Willie, corner right, right there the 15th and lived. h avenue That's wow it. that it. was where where we spent a lot of our life oh yeah in oh, haggard yeah. park uh-huh. yeah in haggard park. Yeah, dad fishing. yeah daddy so, jim taught us how to fish i love it. hearing that but, mm-hmm. but i wanted to throw one thing in uh, quickly I, you know i was talking about and I don't know how it correlates, but growing up in Plano, 
prior to integration and all of that, what what we endured and, mm -hmm. and we were blessed because we grew up in that bubble of Plano mm -hmm. and we had Daddy Jim as our, you know, who kind of insulated because everyone mm -hmm. knew him black and white and they treated him really well. But what I do want to emphasize is how absolutely blessed I feel to have grown up in Plano in the sense that we were always treated well, mm -hmm. very, very well. But the shining light is when in 1978-79, uh, the city of Plano, which was at that time, I'm guessing, 3% African-American mm -hmm. at least, the city of Plano came to us and said, you know, we want to name a school after Mr. Thomas, mm -hmm. after Jim Thomas. And we're thinking it's not something we could have done. We only have 3% African-American, so right. there's no one. Mm -hmm. But they said, no, we felt so much of, of your grandfather that we think a school needs to be named after this African-American. Mm -hmm. In the 70s, wow. in the 70s, that just didn't happen. No, so know. what an absolutely honor that was. Mm -hmm. With that being said, I'll quickly say this. It's, that's a lot of pressure. That can be a lot of pressure, but we're, we've been blessed because we have this instinct. And I've always told my boys, as I've shared with the other family too, it puts a lot of pressure on you because one doesn't just represent themselves. I don't represent myself. Right. I have to represent my grandparents right. and my parents mm -hmm. and my siblings mm -hmm. and my cousins. And more importantly, I have to represent the city of Plano. That's right. Because we are a part, whether we want to be or not, mm -hmm. we are a part of Plano. So what we do reflects the, the entire city of Plano and moreover, a lot of North Texas. That's true. So it's, in, and I've had to share that, how relevant, how imperative it is that we take care of ourselves. And if we don't, I mean, it's a reflection, a dim reflection on the city of Plano. Right. And the other thing, the other attributes that almost everyone in this room, we were taught to give back. Right, yeah. So we've all played a role in giving back because we've been blessed and been given so much mm -hmm. that we'll do almost anything for the city of Plano. That's right. And I love that. I love that um, because I always feel like it's so important to give back yeah. mm -hmm. and especially give back to your community. Yeah. So that's a well said. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, I know I have enjoyed y'all. And I know last, um, before we wrap up, um, you guys have a book. Um, that, um, that about your history? There's a book about your history? It, it's just the history of Plano. Plano, but y'all are in, featured in it. Well, actually, my dad contributed the part of the African-American experience yes, yes. in Plano. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's the, also the book on the integration of football, football with, um, Plano, with yeah. Coach Clark and yes, how yes. Alex Williams. I, Alex Williams, yes. Tracy's yes. big brother, was yeah. the first. He was a rock star. Right. Uh -huh. He was a, he, when we won state, he was the first African-American quarterback quarterbacking an integrated team to win state. Mm -hmm. In wow. Texas, I think. In the state of Texas. You know, uh, Alex was also, um, he ran a, um, a summer program mm -hmm. uh, with Judge Lewis. Mm, he was telling Johnny. Me, yeah, uh -huh. and uh, he ran a summer program, and it was really successful, and, um, and that was something that was new. And there was, you know, at each step of those new things that he did, you know, it, took, it was a little friction uh, because it was new. Right. And then once people got over the hurdle, then other doors opened. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he did that. And he um, was also the first black uh, lifeguard. Yeah. At Williams. Yeah. Y'all yeah. have yeah. made such a mark on our state. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, oh, yes, we have. <laughs> 
Well, all I can say is that I so much enjoyed y'all and enjoyed having you. And I hope viewers, you have enjoyed their story. Um, and let's just say cheers. Oh, yes. Cheers. Cheers to many more cheers. and giving back to the community. Yes. Cheers, family. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify, as well as Kimberly's YouTube channel. If you'd like to contact Kimberly directly, you can email her at KimberlyWoodard at Ebby.com or call 214-632-2092. We hope you enjoyed our guest this week. And remember, don't just love your home, love your community.